The Canadian comedian, Dan Levy of Schitt's Creek fame, once said that he calls his small social circles a boutique. And much like the hotels of the same ilk, my friends are all unique, high quality, and serve me good food. But more than that, he said, they teach me things about the world and about myself that I couldn't learn anywhere else. We all have our circles, circles of family and friends. Some are small, others expansive. Some are, as Dan Levy says, boutique. But no matter what the size of the circle, I think one of the things I value most about my circles is that they're open. Open circles allow me to grow and evolve, to become a better person, one with a richer understanding of myself and others, simply by having welcomed new folks, different people, into my circle. Hi, I'm Mark Giuliano. In today's episode, I'm talking about circles, and we'll share the story of Gloria, who challenged my understanding of the circle of God's grace and who gets let in and who gets shut out. This is called Circles, and you're listening to Rags of Light, the podcast where ordinary people's extraordinary stories help light our way. Shoulder to shoulder, I know we'll find a way. Shoulder to shoulder, The darkest night, oh Lord, I know you'll light, I know you'll light the way. Circles. I've been thinking a lot about circles these days. It's not surprising. In a sense, my life has come full circle recently. You see, in 2008, I was called away from my home in the beautiful, historic city of Savannah, Georgia. It's Spanish moss, balmy ocean breezes, and incredibly gracious people to go and serve the old stone church and the good, salt-of-the-earth folks of Cleveland and Northeast Ohio. For almost 12 years, I placed my heart and soul on the altar of God's good work in the heart of that great city until I had very little left of it to give. Then one day, about the time I found myself running on fumes, I got a phone call from some of the wonderful folks in the little church I once served back in Savannah. They asked if I might like to come back home. Home. Now that was one of the sweetest sounding words to me. And so Beth and I packed up, left Cleveland, and we came home. What a blessing it's been closing that circle. Circles. The year of the great pandemic has been a time of reflection for us, a time to take stock of what's truly important in our lives. If you're like me, it's the circles that matter most. Our circle of friends, My friends have become more important to me than ever before. 
I hope they know that. I cherish my family circle more than ever, too. Not being able to travel to Canada to see them, or to the UK where my daughter lives, has reminded me of just how much I value time spent with my family. My church circle has become very rich and very wide these days, too, especially now that we live stream every Sunday at 10.30 a.m. on Facebook Live at Montgomery Presbyterian, hint, hint. Whether they worship in person or online, these are my friends in faith. When I look back on this last year of COVID-19, border shutdowns, and social distancing, what do I miss most of all? I miss all of you. Circles. I've been thinking a lot about those whose circles have become very small when a breakup happens, or after the death of a loved one, or because those closest to them moved away for school or work, or because when the pandemic hit our world and everything was shut down, they were on their own. Some folks have confided in me how hard it's been not having anyone to save shelter with, no one to hug them or hold them. Their circle is small. Circles. I'm thinking, too, about those people in our world who, when the lines are drawn, too often get drawn outside of the circle. Sometimes I think we're way too good at drawing circles around who's in and who's out, but not very good at all at opening up our circles, especially to those who seem different, those our world has mislabeled unacceptable because of the color of their skin, their language or religion, what country they may have been born in, or their gender or sexual orientation. I remember many years ago attending an information meeting of the Savannah Presbytery. For those of you who aren't Presbyterians, the Presbytery is just a fancy word for our regional body. That particular night, 20 years ago, we were discussing the ordination of gay and lesbian people. And here I put the word discussing in quotation marks. You can't see me, but I'm making little rabbit ears around the word because it was hardly a discussion. In fact, it was a heated blowout of an argument. Some folks were demonstrably upset that we were talking at all about whether gays and lesbians could be pastors. One man was so enraged, he shouted something so awful and hurtful that it stuck with me still to this day. Why can't they just go back in the closet where they were, he barked. We were all happier back then. But you and I both know that wasn't true, was it? Not everybody was happier back then. In fact, if you were gay or lesbian, I imagine you were deeply troubled in your spirit and regularly felt put down and shamed into keeping your life a secret. The rate of suicide among young gay people was extremely high decades ago, higher than it is today, which is still very high. According to the Trevor Project, 
a national organization that provides crisis intervention and suicide prevention services to lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender, queer, and questioning young people under the age of 25, LGB youth are almost five times as likely to have attempted suicide compared to heterosexual youth. And here I press pause on our story to encourage any of you listening right now and who may be struggling to please connect with The Trevor Project at thetrevorproject.org. There you'll find a ton of great information, a chat line, and even a hotline phone number, 866-488-7386, which I've also included in the description of today's episode. Okay, unpause. Other people attending the Presbytery meeting that evening were equally angered by what they quite rightfully saw as homophobic rants. Some felt protective of loved ones, family members who were gay or lesbian. Others were eager to see their church and society evolve, to become more compassionate and inclusive. I was still fairly new to the Savannah Presbytery at that time, so shared my humble thoughts and then kept my head as low as possible beneath the line of fire. It seemed like everybody had an opinion that was in urgent need of expression that evening. It's ironic, too. Paul Tillich, the 20th century theologian, once said that the first duty of love is to listen. Clearly that evening, the good brothers and sisters of the Savannah Presbytery had thrown Tillich and his edict to the wind. There was one exception, however, Gloria. Now, Gloria isn't her real name. It's a name I've given to her because, well, it seemed to me that her honest and courageous approach to the topic at hand was the only thing that night that truly glorified God. In fact, I want to be Gloria when I grow up. I want to be one of those people who know when to listen and when to speak. She exemplified that old saying, cooler heads prevail. Gloria hadn't uttered a single word all evening. She simply sat back and quietly took in the tempest swirling around her. Maybe she was silently meditating on Tillich, a personal mantra to keep herself grounded in love. Who knows? But toward the end of the evening, when most folks had worn themselves down in the fight, Gloria interjected herself into the conversation, speaking softly. I'd like to say something, she said. All heads turned toward Gloria, the quiet, almost invisible woman in her seventies at the end of the table, who hadn't said boo all evening. I've been a Christian all my life, she said. I was baptized as an infant, confirmed as a young adult, and ordained as an elder in the Presbyterian Church when my kids were still quite young. I've served on just about every committee, session, or task force there is. And if there's one thing I've learned throughout my lifetime in the Church, it's this. We Christians are very good about drawing circles around who's in and who's out. 
For a long time, she said, we drew circles around men and we shut women out. Before the 50s and 60s and the civil rights movement, and even afterwards, we drew circles around whites and shut black people out. We've said yes to some and no to a lot of others. Well, I have a question I want us to answer tonight. And the question is this. Why is it that those who hold all the power and all the privilege to draw the circle never draw themselves on the outside, only on the inside? And just like that, the battle that evening had been called to a ceasefire. Oh, folks didn't figure it out right away or come to any agreement in that one moment. But I like to think that Gloria's mic drop question called us to account. It certainly made me pause. Why is it that when we draw circles around who's in and who's out, we tend to draw ourselves on the inside while excluding others? Besides, who gave us the right to draw a circle in the first place? It seems to me that the God of love, who came to us in the one named Jesus, showed us once and for all that the circle of God's grace is never closed. Jesus pried that circle open with his very life and made room enough within it for us all. Circles. I've been thinking a lot about circles lately and the people who've entered my circle, whether I remembered to invite them in or not. I've been thinking about those people who join my circle, even for just an evening at a presbytery meeting many years ago, and blessed me with a deeper understanding about myself, about God, and about God's all-encompassing love. Maybe in the end, it's not about how big or how small our circle is, or who's in or who's out, but that our circle remains open to others. Circles. I've been thinking about how Gloria opened and expanded my circle that night so long ago. Maybe today she'll open and expand yours a little too. Thank you, Gloria. Hey everybody, Mark Giuliano here. I hope you enjoyed today's episode of Rags of Light. If you did, please subscribe to our podcast, share it with a friend or family member, or someone who might need just a little inspiration today. Rags of Light, where ordinary people's extraordinary stories help light the way. Shoulder to shoulder, I know we'll find a way. Shoulder to shoulder, we'll build a better day. And I don't know about tomorrow, and I don't know about today. But in the deep of the darkest night, oh Lord.